0: Hi, Karen. I'm so happy to see you, and I feel like I'm in the best mood today.
1: Oh. <laughs> Katie, it is always wonderful to see your beautiful face, and congratulations. As we were just discussing, it is the 12th, twel- no, math Four- is hard. 14th, yes. Anniversary of your engagement.
0: You're right. It is. Thank you so much. Yes, December 7th, 2008. Um, I got engaged in Singapore. I put something on Instagram today about it. It was one of those things where, you know how like on your phone or if you use like Shutterfly or something, it's like on this day, 15 years ago. And there was something that was like on this day, 14 years ago. And I was like, oh, my God. And then I was like, huh, I should put something on Instagram about this. I haven't really been posting on Instagram. So, yeah, it's kind of fun. It's interesting because so this is a weird thing to mention. But like today is also the anniversary of D-Day. Right. so, and so um, Tyler's grandfather was in D-Day. And so like, it's like a huge part of his story and um, he was in the Navy. And so I don't know, it was like, it's like also a good, there's a good memory as part of this date as well, I guess. Or wait, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this isn't D-Day. Maybe this is the day that Pearl Harbor was
1: bombed. I think December 7th is Pearl Harbor. I think D-Day is during the summer
0: oh my god you're so right it's pearl harbor
1: it is pearl harbor
0: shit man i don't know what today is from okay what is that (laughs) 1945.
1: oh my god amy my friend my jeopardy star friend amy is screaming at her podcast player right now 45 what
0: year was i can say with confidence that sometime between 42 and 45 (laughs) i don't know Or 41? Shit. 40s. In the 40s. 41? That sounds right. You think it was 41? The day that lives in infamy? Isn't that what FDR said? I
1: mean, I refuse to Google it, even though we're both probably sitting next to our computers. We are.
0: We are. Yeah. So, anywho, lots of anniversaries today, but thank you. Yeah, Mm. it's a nice, wonderful holiday. And also, well, holiday, I guess, for me, or, you know, anniversary. Also, Tyler's gone for the week. And it's, like, the best thing ever. Because, (laughs) like... (laughs) Which sounds oh horrible. God. Love him. I love him. I really do. But I also, not but, and I also love when I have the house to myself, Karen. I mean, you know this. I feel like it's amazing. And I'm not like oppressed in my relationship. There's nothing, there's truly, there's nothing wrong. It's just that like, when I don't have the energy of another human in the house, I am just, I mean, I am I told you earlier, I'm getting some Chipotle I'm getting a Chipotle know. quesadilla. I'm gonna crack a beer. I'm gonna sit in my bathtub. I'm gonna watch some trashy television. There's nothing better. Nothing. I mean, other than being with him, Tyler. If you're listening, but, no. you know. <laughs> <laughs> but really, I think it's okay to want to be alone. You know, <laughs> he's not dripping, listening. dripping with sincerity. Yes, uh, except for being with you, Tyler. <laughs> Oh yeah. I mean, when you live with someone all the time, being solo is like a treat and a half,
1: man, that is real. And hmm, I, I feel like you're so excited about it. It just, it makes me happy. I feel like once, once when you were in the house alone, like you went to a rooftop bar by yourself and you had these like beautiful photos of your cocktail
0: yes, the view. I mean, You're making the most of it. I really, I think the thing is, is that I have to embrace the fact that I really actually love being alone. Like I used to go on solo trips frequently before COVID and it's like, I think I forget that I like that. And I think it would be good to remember that. I seriously think it will be helpful when I listen back on this recording because I should plan like, you know, a night away or not like whatever, like just like, and even if you live alone, like going on a vacation by yourself, like that's just You know, it doesn't have to be something fancy if you don't want it to be like, I don't know. It's just special to treat yourself.
1: A thousand percent. It's so funny. I am so happy for you when you talk about these things. I'm so happy for you slash worried for myself because I live alone. MLB lives alone. What happens when we live together? Like, I just think I just keep broadcasting out to my future of like, are you still here?
0: (laughs) The person you are right now, you mean? Yes, yes,
1: yes, like, like, or, or just thinking like, am I gonna get to this point where I'm looking at them just thinking like, don't you have to go somewhere? <laughs> like,
0: aren't you late for something that takes ah. three days? <laughs> like, yes. Yeah, I, I mean, Karen, I will, I, I can tell you with a lot of confidence that you will be the same person and that you will, I think it's also like, there's just, everyone's complex. And it's like, it's nice to just tap into the parts of you that are, you know, like showing up in the moment. And then like, when you and MLB are, you know, together in the same place, like you might not feel this way for a long time. And then maybe you will, and that's okay too. And then you'll get back together. Like it's, I don't know. I just, I think there's actually like a weird, um, I was having a conversation with a friend about this who is married also and he was talking about how like he had never taken any solo trips because he felt bad he was like well what does that mean like if i if i don't want to go you know if he didn't want to go with his husband and i was like it means nothing like it means nothing it's okay like it's okay to be to want to be by yourself and or want to be together whatever it is um but not tamping down the stuff that feels real to you or like true to you
1: Oh man, that's a whole other episode. This is. I, that we've write this that I think we've talked about a little bit. Like, I have a dear friend who is very wise, and I feel like talked about looking back on a relationship that had ended and wishing that she and you know. So the relationship ends, and then she. I know I've mentioned this before. She starts doing a lot of the things she either stopped doing because her partner didn't like doing them or that she never explored because that time she would have done those things, she was with her partner.
0: Their there's schedules for
1: her. And just looking back and thinking like, what if I had invested this energy in myself and my interests and who I want to be during the relationship?
0: Yes, yes. And to feel free enough in the relationship to explore different parts of yourself. That's hard, though. Like, I think that it's hard to always like I definitely have that where I think like, well, am I going to do X, Y and Z? Because I don't like if I do, then will it mean that we'll be, you know, apart more, meaning like we'll actually grow apart, like genuinely grow apart. And I think that when I've I found that, like, if I'm true to myself and I do the stuff that I care about, it actually brings us closer. But I don't think that's always the case. And it's like and sometimes it is a challenge because I'll often what I'll do is oh, not often or I used to do don't I try not to do as much anymore is like push like hey this is really going to be fun and he might not be into it and then he'll be like okay fine and then it actually backfires I should have done it by myself and there's nothing wrong about doing things by yourself if that's what you know if the other person doesn't want to it's okay
1: absolutely and it's so healthy and I think it takes a lot of confidence in yourself and security in your relationship to do it I think when yes. I think about like when I was younger couples I knew like I feel like I just knew women who were just like my husband wants to go on a guy's trip and I was like absolutely not like really but like like
0: she would forbid him yes like oh, God. oh I'm still
1: so, like would or just would be like you know and the husband would eventually like assert some kind of autonomy and go on this voice trip. And then, you know, she just would make it miserable. Like I just remember that particular woman in my life and just thinking like, how insecure are you that you can't let this person be himself and have friendships and have a life outside of you?
0: Yeah. Yeah. That gets deep. Like to let someone be themselves. Oh God. Cause that means you also have to be yourself or at least Mm. like not hang on to the control of another person to, You know, become the gumby version of themselves to fit in the box that you're trying to make them into. Like that's Mm -hmm. relationships.
1: We went deep fast this week, guys. Yeah, um... (laughs)
0: that's here we are. Welcome. (laughs) (laughs) What is the opposite of keeping it light? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That's right. That was last week. Yeah. Just, yep, contorting yourself for another person. That's the opposite. Yes. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh, that's so real. Oh, okay. So Karen, I have some updates. Okay. I was going to ask questions, but... Oh, please, uh, go ask away. <laughs> no, I no. Think... I suspect you're going to talk about what I was curious about. Is it the gnats? Yes. <laughs> okay. So really good news. Good news on two fronts. Number one, Natgate is not... It's not a, f- a lot war anymore I will say. I I wish that I should take a picture of my my office. I have two infrared lights that are plugged into the outlets next to me. They're actually kind of hurting my eyes, but it's I'll deal with it because they like have these traps inside of these like containers on top of the light. It's like a nightlight, but anyway, it's supposed to trap the gnats. And then I also went to after I talked to you last, I went to this like incredible plant store and they basically help me go nuclear on my gnats, which has helped tremendously. And I, I actually, it's, I would say that my number of gnats has gone down by probably 70% since last Ooh. week. So that's very, very exciting. I also realized that they're not gnats, they're root aphids. For you plant nerds out there, um, they are basically really horrible sadistic like you know insects that like attach themselves to your roots and will just continue to breed forever unless you put some you know i'm using some organic pesticides things in addition to diet diatomaceous earth which is like this yes you've heard of diatomaceous earth yes we talked about it we did oh we did talk about it Oh my gosh, that's right. Because you had you knew about it. And I was like, what is that? So I've been using diatomaceous earth, which is amazing. And it's basically like, it feels like flour, like baking yes. flour. Yeah. So you've used it. Yes. Okay. So you put it on top of the soil and it cuts the aphids to pieces when they try to walk through it. Like literally like swords. Yep. Yeah. Yes. yeah. It's like diatomaceous earth is like, it's like fossilized something. Yes, Exactly. But it doesn't hurt humans or pets
1: yes we were okay this must have been off pod that but yes we were talking about it
0: because i had an
1: ant infestation oh that's
0: right you did talk tell me about this yes and it it just killed it all it was like done i never saw any i didn't it's
1: not like i saw ant carcasses nothing they just they just disappeared oh my god that's so
0: amazing yeah yeah this it's super cheap too it's like nothing it's like you, you just get it for like a buck or a couple bucks So Natgate has been going really, really well. I will say that there are a few outliers and hopefully they're just like, you know, they're the last of their breed and they will die along with everyone else. Um, I'm also a plant or like a, obviously a plant lover, but an animal lover. And it feels weird to just be like cutting animals into pieces, but I don't give a fuck about those root aphids. (laughs) So (laughs) they have ruined my last month. And so they can just, yeah. Die in their diatomaceous earth. Yeah. No.
1: I mean, there has to be some mutuality. They have to love you back, and they don't.
0: Yeah. There's no reciprocal love here. There's like no. They they haven't like hung out with me in a in a good (laughs) consensual way. Like I'm I'm not into their (laughs) infestation in my life. Like I didn't invite them. So bye bye. Number two. So I have my other update for you is about my sauna night with all of my new friends. So did I tell you about the fact that we were going to like do the cold plunge this is a couple yes. So this is a couple episodes ago. So I am manifesting this night where there's going to be a sauna next to the- that's on wheels that you rent and then it's it's next to the river and then you go from the ri- the sauna to the co- like jumping literally in the river Ugh. back and forth back and forth and then we're going to go to a Thai restaurant. This is happening tomorrow. This time tomorrow. Yes. And I have recruited seven people and so seven people, including myself. So I'm super excited. But one of the things that I'm really excited about is the fact that I didn't have enough people. And I was like, okay, what am I going to do? And I was like, ah, it's fine. If it's a small group, it's no big deal. So my dad and Betty and I, because my dad and Betty were visiting this past week, which was wonderful. We went to REI yesterday, two days ago, I think. And we were walking around REI and this woman who works there, she was like, oh, I love your earrings to me. So I strike up a conversation with her and about maybe three minutes in, I was like, don't want to be creepy, but would you be interested in coming to this cold plunge evening? Her name's Kathleen. She's great. She's bringing a friend and I guess we're just friends now. So yeah, my door is open. Katie! <laughs> we mean- also, we exchange Instagram handles as well. <laughs> I'm back on that. I do.
1: I knew that you were going to manifest this adventure.
0: You did? Thank oh, you for yeah. believing in me, Karen. Oh, there was like
1: you there were all of the elements were there. You were specific. You told the universe like you took action. You told the universe what you wanted. It's true. It's true. Multiple times over. And boom.
0: Happened. I knew this was
1: going to happen. I'm so excited. I cannot wait to hear about how this goes.
0: Do Okay. Is it appropriate to ask what the weather's going to be or just do we not talk about oh, it? Oh, no. Of course. I'm very happy to talk to you about it because, all right, so the temperature of the water is 36 Ooh. degrees. Just found that out. That's a little intense. Um, The air temperature, I actually think might be the same. I think it's going to be like maybe... 40 at the highest, and it will be actively snowing during our experience, which kind of seems magical to me. I mean, that's cool. I think that it's like, why not? If it's like, you know, gross and raining, obviously that would be really crappy, but no, it's going to be snowing. So yeah, I think that the weather is going to, okay, I will say that like, yes, I'm all excited and I'm acting like this is the best thing ever. I'm pretty scared too. (laughs) Oh, god. I am. I really am. I'm not going to dunk. I'm not going to put my head under. I genuinely do not want to get hypothermia. I don't want to get pneumonia, all of the above. And so I'm going to wear a hat and a scarf around my neck and then I'm going to go up to my shoulders. That's my hope. But I will say, Karen, that I actually am nervous. I really am. And now it's like I've built this thing up and all these women are coming with me and they're just like, Katie must know what she's talking about. I don't have any fucking idea what I'm doing. I'm making this up in the moment and i'm probably going to cry to myself i don't know
1: i love this journey for you <laughs> thank you it's that you're making friends <laughs> like like i said i cannot wait to hear how this goes i'm just so excited that you manifested this group of people that what two three weeks ago you didn't even have i you didn't just know them. the booking
0: right uh I love this. So good. Thank you. Thank you, Karen. I really appreciate your support. I will keep you posted and listeners, you will hear all about it in next week's episode because that's, yeah, it will have happened. I won't chicken out. I was just going to say, unless I chicken out, but I'm not going to chicken out because all of these people are going, I can't chicken out. Yeah, man. So anywho, that's me. But how has your week been? How have you been since Thanksgiving? I guess that's Thanksgiving. Wait, did we talk before Thanksgiving?
1: After we've talked after
0: you're right, we have talked after Thanksgiving, okay, so early December time frame, Ugh. how's that going okay.
1: how how is it the first week it's oh, I you don't really know it. what to say uh, it's good so far. I have no I have no complaints. that's good. I <laughs> mean, I always have complaints, but um, yeah, I think I mentioned to you, um, I've been having really strange, very vivid dreams the last three nights, Oof. and I'll just tell you a snippet of the one from last night that is so hilarious to me. I was at Cindy's house at Americano Angel's house.
0: Yes. Hi, Cindy.
1: Hi, Cindy. And, but Cindy wasn't there. It was just this group of people with a bunch of dogs and toddlers. And I was dog sitting and babysitting all like this shit ton of dogs and this cabal of toddlers. Oh my God. That sounds like my version of hell. That sounds horrible. Oh my God. So like, have you ever seen like somebody dog walk, like a dog, professional dog walker, they have those leashes that have the like million. Totally. Like Spider-Man treads on it. Yeah. So I've got the dogs. I think there may be like 11 dogs and like 11 kids or something. Right. And I've got the kids on this like little, like there's a, it's so, what's so funny is that it's like from this thing I see every day, there's a daycare center near my house where they have the kids holding on to this like chain gang thing. Basically, they're like, cha- they're not chained together, but they're all holding on to this thing and they're all walking, right? Yeah. In a line. So this is kind of, I kind of have like a very shady version of that in the dream with got the it. kids and the dogs. And I've got like both hands and then one of the dogs stops to poop and I'm like, oh shit, do I even have poop bags? And the dog's making a funny face. So I take out my camera take a picture of the dog. And (laughs) then I look up again and everyone's gone. (gasps) The dogs and the children have disappeared.
0: Oh my God. And I'm like,
1: oh my God. And at first I think it's funny. I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, look away for a second and you all are gone. And that as the dream goes on, I become increasingly frantic as I realize that I have lost all of these people's children.
0: Oh my God. Holy shit. I mean, that's getting worse and worse. This is a horror movie now. Like, this oh, is like, oh full my on. God. It really was. And it was like,
1: I would see random children and I'd be like, hey, are you supposed to be with me? And then they, <laughs> the they, they random mom, kids, like, they're like, I'm they, going to kidnap you. <laughs> exactly. like Right. Just to see if the parents will notice that it's not their actual child. Like, I oh, didn't know what anybody looks like. Oh, my God. it was It was so stressful and so i was so freaked out in the dream that at a certain point i woke up
0: and i was like oh my god thank god that was a fucking dream i mean thank god karen oh my god we would be talking about legal like you know action that would be against i mean i don't even want to think about it if it was real i am so sorry that you had that experience in your dream that is so fucking stressful like did you was there a moment when you woke up that you're like like a millisecond that you're like oh that's real for sure I mean, I woke up thinking, like I said, oh my God, I'm so glad.
1: That's thank God that's a dream. But then I also almost looked at my phone to look for the photo of the dog. Oh my gosh. Yeah. This is so intense. What what does it all mean? That's the other thing that I'm really questioning. MLB, some of you know, is a psychologist and like just happens to be like re-studying like Freud and dream interpretation right now like has to pass the exam and so it's like and it was just like was trying to talk me through what like another random dream and I'm like I don't even want I don't want to know I don't want to know what this dream means like so bizarre
0: that's so interesting it makes me wonder if it means something about like responsibility like you had responsibility for 12 dogs and 12 kids and and then like they poof went away, but maybe it's not a bad thing that they went away. Like maybe you don't have to be responsible for everyone. I don't know. Now I'm just psychoanalyzing and I have zero mental health background. <laughs> so I have no idea. What are you talking about? Katie, you've posted, you've hosted a mental health
1: podcast for you're, you're two right. and a half years. We're basically both PhDs,
0: actually. <laughs> <laughs> what am I saying? What am oh I saying? Oh my God. <laughs> I mean, that's interesting. I actually feel like that's a long dream, too. Like, I I remember snippets of my dreams, but I don't ever remember the whole thing. And usually, if I remember the snippet, it's like the worst snippet. Like, it's like some sort of full-on Jordan Peele horror movie. It's like, I can't even. But like, I, yeah, I mean, that's kind of, like, that is, there's a, a narrative arc in your dream. Oh, yeah. I
1: wish I didn't remember it. And like I said, that was the third night in a row, and it's just like,
0: I'm, I mean, I'm, I feel like I'm going to bed thinking like, now what's going to happen? Yeah. I mean, that's, it's kind of like you're signing up for like one of those, you know, those gifts that you see, like those wrapped gifts at like little at shops where you can buy it, but you don't know what's in it. Who yes. buys those, by the way? I have no idea. It's like 10 bucks and it's like, this is a surprise. And it's like, what? maybe that's not a good analogy, but yeah, that's just what Ooh. it makes me think of.
1: No, you're absolutely right. I will say I made that face because um, I did once, I think it was ModCloth. I did buy a mystery clothing item. Ooh. I think for ModCloth and it turned out to be one of my favorite dresses. So
0: really? Yeah. Is ModCloth still around? I used to love them. I know they are. They're owned by
1: Walmart now.
0: You're kidding. Really? No, yeah, I'm pretty sure they, I'm pretty sure they're the brand
1: I'm thinking of that is bought, that got bought by Walmart.
0: Yeah. That's fascinating. Huh. Yeah. They were a really cool company. They're in San Francisco. I I remember interviewing their founders. I went to their, like their, uh, warehouse, I guess, but it was so long ago, at least 10 years ago, but like, it was a cool concept. Yeah. Mod cloth. Hmm. should look on the Walmart website. Wow. But dreams. I mean, that just, I hope that tonight is a good one. I really do. I hope you wake up and you're like, that was fabulous. That just enhanced my life. Yep. Same. Let's go with it. Yeah. Yeah. I do not remember my dreams, but I do remember like reoccurring dreams and mm-hmm. my, my reoccurring dream, which has not happened in a long time, but it's, it was when, I don't know if I've talked about this on the pod, but so I was in the marching band in high school and I played in the drum line and there was all this, always this thing called a step off. Have I talked to you about this? I don't Wait. think so. Okay. So like it's on the way to, so basically what the marching band had to do is we had to march from the band room next to the high school to the, um, the field, the football field before the beginning of the game. And it's probably like a fourth of a mile. It's not far at all. It's just like down the way. But anyway, the thing is, is that you had to be there for step off or you miss the game basically, or you miss that part of it. And like, you're doing a formation on the field and this whole thing anyway. And I was like a harried, Teenager. Like, I never, like, my room was never clean. My car was never clean. My dad would joke that my car was fit together with bumper stickers, and he was right. Like, I had shit everywhere. I, every single time that I was ready to, like, go to band practice or a, you know, to the football field for, like, an actual game, like, I couldn't find my drumsticks anywhere. And so, my whole thing is that I can't find my shit. And, like, I just, I think I missed the step off. It's like the the worst feeling because, like the last time I had a step off, I was in I was 17 years old. Like this is a long time ago. This stuff sticks with you, you know. It does, which, while unfortunate, is a good segue to our theme today. Perfect segue, Karen. Nice catch. <laughs> that was unintentional, but should have been intentional. <laughs> As you intended. Yes,
1: the way that our memories, our brains, our bodies hold on to things, the way that we subconsciously hold on to things. And what does it look like to let go? How do we let go?
0: How do we let go? It just makes me think of the song from Frozen. Have you watched Frozen?
1: Only the first one.
0: I've never seen any of them, but that song, <gasps> I know I need to. Maybe I'll watch that tonight. But like, let it go, let it go. Like, Kristen Bell singing that is so beautiful. Oh. Like, I just, yeah. Or is it? Uh, Men- I think it's Adina. You're right. It's Adina Menzel, right? Yes. Shit. Sorry, Adina. You're <laughs> right. Neat attribution where attribution is due. But that is such a good song. That is such a good song. And also, how do you let shit go? Oh, <sighs>
1: especially things that are unresolved. Mm. Like we were talking about earlier, like your body, your brain, your subconscious, whatever, holds on to things that hold on to trauma. Like it gets baked into who you are. It's just like, it's in there and you have to unlearn, you have to learn how to untangle all of it. And I feel like it's also hard, at least for me to let go of things that feel like they're not resolved. Like, how do I let this go if I don't know how it ends?
0: Like, you don't have closure from the other person? Well, yes. Yes. Totally. I don't know. Like, I I wish I knew. It's, like, such a good question. I, It's so hard to let stuff go when, like, if the other person is around still, that, like, they're not willing to face it or there's like the conversation can't be had because it's just too painful or whatever. It's like, I have heard though that like some people, I don't know, I've heard this on podcasts or maybe read it in books, but like when people do enough work on themselves to like heal their relationship with that person on their own, like genuinely on their own, it actually shifts some sort of energy. Have you heard of that?
1: I have heard of some version of that. And I think it is some master level, master class level shit. If you can get to resolution and get to closure on your own.
0: Yeah, totally. And I also think there's something to be said for like saying that it's okay if you're not a hundred percent great with it, you know, yeah. like letting it go for me, at least doesn't always mean that I feel great about something like oh you know yeah. what that is awesome that was you know closed door on that chapter it's like yeah sometimes it's it it just the the pain dulls after a while but like it's, it's I don't know if I'm making any sense you are I totally know what you
1: mean I think yes the the acuteness of the pain goes away I mean like Time does help. Like the passage of time isn't going to completely eliminate it, but it does help. And I think it's interesting to me when I think about like things that I used to hold on to or that I felt like were really unresolved, even not working on it and having it come up again and realizing that the sting of it is gone. Mm. It's just gone away on its own. That's beautiful.
0: Yeah. Like that you didn't. Actively, like it's been years since you've thought about something and you're like, oh, that's interesting. I feel differently about that now thinking about it.
1: Totally. Yeah.
0: Like my whatever, I don't know,
1: my spirit, I don't know, whatever has let go of it for me. Yes. Yes.
0: I love that. I love that because it means that you don't have to always strive. It's not Mm. like you always have to do something to let something go. Like you can let time run its course you know your body run its course live your life i think that like there are so many things that are hard to let go of it can take up such such an enormous amount of like the pie chart of your brain you know and it's like what if it's possible to like reduce that a little bit at times and yeah and like yeah for me it's like taking care of myself like that's the only thing that like really really helps me and Yeah, I think I also find that like, if I'm really angry at someone, it's very easy for me to vilify them in a very bad way and say they're horrible and all of these things. And and then time goes on. And in my head, they're still horrible. Like they're a horrible person. Like that's just an awful thing that this person did. And over time, I change and it like makes me wonder, like maybe I could make space enough to think maybe they change, too. And like, there's something, uh, there's like forgiveness as, as part of it, I think.
1: That is definitely part of letting go, totally. Yeah, and I know we've talked about this before. It's like that phenomenon I think neither of us understand about like having beef with someone. I feel like this is something generations older than us do. Having beef with somebody over something and like never getting over it. Yes. Maintaining this level of anger about it Not just like, you know what? I just, I don't want you in my life. Like go with God, we're good. But like just this rage toward that person for decades. Yes.
0: Yes. Active rage. Yes. And it's like, there's, I mean, of course people say like, that only hurts you that you carry this active rage, but it's true in so many ways. Like I, I know a lot of people who are close to me who have, cut off their relationships with family members, parents or siblings or grandparents, what have you. And it's so interesting what you said just a minute ago where you're talking about how like if you go with God and like good for you and like go and like you do you, but it's not that way. Like they're like in, and I don't want to paint a broad brush, but many of the people that I'm thinking of right now, which I will not name, but like, no, like they have, they are actively angry like all the time at these people and it's it makes me sad I have a close friend who her both of her parents are living and she you know there's some situations that she was not okay with as a child and um she has decided to let those relationships go and it makes me sad because she brings it up frequently about how much it bothers her that these people did this thing or this. It's like also, Karen, like even saying this stuff, I'm like, I can't judge her for not letting it go. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I wasn't, I'm not her. I wasn't in her childhood. It's hard. Like, it's, yeah. Ugh. Well,
1: it's really hard and it's hard to realize. I think we both talked about having the experience of realizing that this thing that keeps coming up that you are there is a part of you that is holding on to it yes. like you look down at your hand and you realize like oh i am like clenching this thing yes that like feels like it's just oh i don't know it just keeps coming up i don't know why it's still here i don't know why it's still lingering it's just like oh cuz i am like just holding on to it for dear life
0: right it's like that stuff to let go of like there has to be an a charge behind it for it to even be something to let go of like what if you lessened the charge or turned it down one degree or a point one degree like what would that feel like I mean I once had a therapist where I was talking to her about something and I I don't remember what it was but she's like what if you weren't mad about that like what Mm. would that be like just for your body and it was the weirdest most revolutionary question ever she wasn't being judgmental at all it was very just like a loving open question and I was like I mean, I was just speechless and I was like, well, if I wasn't upset or if I wasn't, if I didn't have a charge about on this, I would feel free. And that's how I felt. I was like, I would feel free. And she's like, okay, like, that's just an interesting inquiry. It wasn't like she was like, okay, get over it. But she just, <laughs> you know, like it like, it really made me like, think about it. Cause I don't think I don't think anyone's ever asked me that before. Like, well, what mm-hmm. if that just wasn't What if you just let it go? Like, what if you just, what if that didn't bother you anymore? Like genuinely you thought about it without saying, well, yeah, but this part, yeah, but what if, no, 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 I can't, no. Just like, what if you did? Man, that is some Jedi level shit right there. I mean, she was an amazing therapist. And so like, I, I like thinking about the being a Jedi, her level, but yeah, no, not exactly to that levitation at the moment. But, knowing that you can ask yourself that question, yes, exactly, right. Like yeah. what does that mean? Like, Byron Katie is this like amazing spiritual teacher. Have you heard of Byron Katie? I feel like you've mentioned him before me. You're right. I probably have. And so, like she she asks sure. these three questions. oh, yeah, does she she asks these three questions, and I don't remember all of them. But the first two is the first is, is it true? Whatever you're ruminating on? And the second is, is it really true? And like, really, like you have to really think about it. And then I think the third is like, what if it didn't, what if it wasn't true? Or what if it was like Mm. something like that? Like, it's very, these are very basic questions, but like thinking about like someone who wronged me or someone who did something like that, you know, like, what if it's not true? Or what if the story that I'm telling myself could be altered? Like, what if there's, it's not set in stone? What if you really could let it, what if I really could let it go? Yeah.
1: Oof. And that's the shit. And I feel like I have spent a lot of this year trying to let go of the trauma of my terrible year. Yeah. And this sense of disappointment in myself, like, oh, I should have handled these like massive things life-changing events in my life. Oh, I should have handled that with more grace. Oh, I should have been better about that. Oh, I shouldn't have been reactive. Like all of this weird shit I was telling myself, like when I acknowledged that like any one of those eight things would have taken any other person just completely fucking out. And I dealt with all of them at the same time. And I feel like I've spent a lot of the year, like letting go of this sense of shame and disappointment and other people's like judgments and anger and rage and misdirected emotion like this has just taken me months to do and I I have to think about it all the time whenever something comes up I have to think like that's not mine and I don't want it I'm gonna wow. let it
0: go wow that's not yours and you don't want it and you're letting it go fucking mic drop mic drop identifying what's yours and what's not is like a life's work in my opinion. It's a lot of effort. Emotional it's- effort, yes. Totally. But I love what you're saying too about like like letting go of the shame of whatever you're feeling because I think that there's this idea that like if you let go it's like oh you're good now. Like there it's <laughs> like no like everything's fine. It's like well what about like letting go of any residual like internal struggle that you're having about not being able to let go i mean getting really meta here but like it's okay if you're like just letting go of expectations of how you're supposed to let go god i don't know it's a ooh yeah that no sense? that's great that's really really good and i wonder if
1: it's one of those things like some of these things that i've just i feel like i been processing, I realized that time was the thing that was going to dissipate this thing, mm. that some of it, some of it I was like, act, I actively was working through and some of it was just like, I'm just going to leave this here. And when I come back to it, it's probably not going to sting anymore, or it's probably not going to matter to me or whatever this was that felt so important to me will have shrunk and gone away. Like, mm. I'm just going to leave it here. I'm not going to work on it. I'm not going to do anything with it. Just setting it down
0: over there. Yes. That is so beautiful. And how has that experience been for you, Karen?
1: Well, sometimes I go and I like look at it again. I just like lift the like mental, like, oh, I wonder if I'm still, oh, nope. Yep. That still sucks. Still mad about <laughs> that. Okay. Great. Great. Cool. 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 We don't,
0: we don't have to talk about it again. Right. Like, good to know. I'll be back a little later. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally. And also just honoring where you are. Yeah. In the moment. Yeah. I mean, because like your past year, like like you said, it would have taken the majority of human beings down. And it's like just, yeah, like treating yourself with kindness for whatever pacing you have for the letting go or the looking at things when you want to or not. Yeah. Yes. I will also name... This is a less lofty
1: frame for me. I'm also a writer. And a lot of the things that happened to me, part of what made them difficult is that I was silent through them. Ooh. That my part of the story has not been told that I purposely and the people that I purposely made a choice to be silent and that the people around me honored that choice and protected me from having to speak. But that story is in me and part of me, part of the reason that I'm able to like, let some of these things go is that it's just like, I'm letting it go for now. I'm letting it float out somewhere, but I know when I need it, when I'm ready to tell the story, I can grab it again and fucking buckle up people. Cause I'm going to tell you how I really feel like I don't, I don't have to be silent anymore. I didn't sign any NDAs. I have no non-disparagement clauses in anything. I can tell the real story, my part of the real story. And I feel like that is also comforting to me. Like, wow, I could tell these people all about themselves and no one can do anything to me. And that feels pretty good. That has helped me let go.
0: That's amazing. Like just taking that agency of knowing that it's there, that it's in the ether, that you can grab it, like you say, like, oh, and also like owning that part of your story. So it like- at least for me, when I write, and I wonder if it's similar to you. When I write about things that I'm thinking about or in my in my body, it takes it out of my body. Like yes. it's like it's a way of processing it. Like I frequently do not know how I feel about something until I write it down.
1: All the time it happens to me. All the time.
0: All the time. It's like you're staring at something too close to your face and you can't focus. And then when you take it out and you just write it down in a journal or whatever it is, like. It doesn't need to be, you know, poetic or win a Nobel prize. Like it's like, you just, or Pulitzer, it's like, you just write whatever you want. Like, who cares? Like it's for you.
1: Oh man. So many examples of that. And I'll, this is a very sad one. Like obviously also the opposite of keeping it light listeners. If you don't want to be down about it, just fast forward a couple of seconds. But I, you know, as many of you know, lost my brother, um, in 2004, And I would say this was maybe four years ago. I wrote an essay about survivor survivor guilt, Yeah, like processing that emotion and just the process of writing that and thinking it through and having people and people's reaction to it really lifted so much of that trapped emotion for me.
0: Wow, really? Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, that is a gift to the world, Karen. Oh my God. That's amazing. Thank you for sharing that. That's incredible. Did you have a moment where you knew you wanted to like to let that part of it go? Or was there like a So
1: what what happened was um I don't know if you remember the sad periods. I think it was 2018, maybe 2019, when Kate Spade and Anthony Bourdain both died at like right around the same time. Yes. And it was just like, oh, so now the whole world is talking about suicide in the dumbest fucking ways. No nuance, complete, like, oh, really? This is just going to be in my face all the time. Yeah. And people are just going to be seeing these stupid, stupid things all the time. And I feel like I just, it was like this letter I think I actually, it started as a Facebook post maybe, but it was just like two other survivors like, you don't have to feel, I know exactly what you are feeling as people are saying these dumb things and you don't have to feel this way. Oh, I think that's
0: how I framed it actually. Wow. So it's like you were talking to the world and you were also talking to yourself. Totally. Like a gift, like you were giving a gift to yourself and the rest of the planet who has been impacted. Wow. That's so beautiful. I do remember that time very well. I think they both passed away within a month. I mean it was very like very very soon, yeah.
1: Really close to each other and I feel like Robin Williams had died like not that yeah. much before that and yeah, I just yeah. That's a whole, that is a podcast episode we will never do cuz man that's too dark but like yeah, I just the way that our culture deals with death in general but particularly suicide is just like
0: it's so awful. Just yes. awful. Yes. I totally, I totally agree with you. It, did it make you feel like there was a moment of letting go with part of the experience or what was the, like, it was like a therapeutic,
1: you know, healing at all, or. I think it was realizing that I had been able to name this unnameable fit, th- this previously unnameable thing. Yes. Like, what is this feeling that keeps coming up? What is this thing? Because I feel like, in What I talk about is like people frame it as if something you could have, you could have done something. Oh. There's this notion that like you as a survivor could have prevented this some way. And if you didn't, it is a failing somehow on your part. And that I feel like I hadn't been able to name before. Yeah. And so even, yes, just the process of like realizing what that thing was and laying it out as a writer and like not just laying it out but laying it out as you know a journalist would like right like in this essay I will like in that way yeah totally okay I I have processed this thing I'm so glad that I know what this is and now it doesn't I don't have to hold on to it anymore or it's not in there anymore that's so
0: beautiful thank you for sharing I think the naming is so powerful because it's like it's i don't know how to articulate this properly but it's like your body is already naming it but it's not in words or in like some sort of understandable format so when you're able to actually put it into a a, like concise sentence and an essay like you're talking about like oh my god that is a gift like that is that's incredible yeah i really recommend people write like even if you don't identify as a writer truly like you know, whatever you write is fine. Like I I recently was thinking about, um, the new Michelle Obama book. Tyler got it for me at target the other day. I haven't started reading it, but I, I think, and I don't know if this is entirely true, but I think some of it is like, um, torn from her diaries during or her journals during COVID. Like she was having a really hard time and like, okay, Michelle Obama is like one of the most put together people on the planet. And I, I, for one never I'll say now never want my journals to be put into a public format ever (laughs) ever I do not consent to that like that is and so the thing is is that I mean if I want it to be public then I would you know make it public I don't want my my innermost thoughts like I think that's the thing that like I think there's some, you know, when people write for themselves or write in a journal or write, you know, an email that's really important to them, to friends about their experiences or their feelings, like there's this idea that you're supposed to write it in a certain way that needs to be, you know, really poetic and like totally understandable. And it's like, no, like just write your, write, you know, like your body and your life and your insides are messy and that's okay.
1: This reminds me. This episode is not sponsored by Katie's Classes. Are you still teaching your writing
0: workshops? You listening to you talk about this so eloquently. God. I mean, really eloquent? Oh my God, I feel like I'm fumbling. Hot mess. But like, I, thank you. But like, no, I haven't been doing my writing workshops lately. Um, Although I should, I should get back into it or do like a different iteration of it. Yeah, my- writing workshops, for those who are listening who don't know what they are, Um, I used to do these writing workshops called joy and vulnerability workshops. And the entire point is to write vulnerably and not in like a journal way. Like it wasn't like, I mean, maybe some people decided to do it that way, but the prompts were um, kind of, they were like an exploration of like whatever you wanted them to be. They could be very light. They could be very deep. Um, But you're right. Like it's, it's therapeutic to write your stuff down and name whatever it is that you're going through or thinking about. And yes,
1: releasing it from your body. I love what you said earlier about yes, getting it out of your body.
0: Yes, yes. Actually, tomorrow is the full moon. And I'm in this like full moon, new moon circle with some of my closest friends. It's like really cool. We just started it and we'd meet on Zoom once a month. And yet today, we, not not yesterday, today, we met for a full moon releasing. And so apparently, when the full moon is out, then you're, you're like the idea is to release like whatever you want to release or celebrate your wins or whatever it is, like you're releasing things or you're celebrating things. And then when the new moon happens, it's like you're bringing in intentions. And like you look for the next month, you want to make intentions. And it's like, damn, I'm just learning about this stuff. I really don't know what I'm talking about, but I, it feels very powerful.
1: It is really powerful. Oh, I love it. so hard. And I just feel like this podcast needs to get so much witchier than it is.
0: It really does. It really, really does. Yes. I feel like we need some tarot card readers on this. We need some astrologists on this that can tell us all kinds of stuff. And like, maybe even in the beginning of a month, have an astrologist talk about that month and what people can do to like tap into their intentions or, yeah, I don't know, whatever they would want to talk about, I guess, is what I would be interested in talking about. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: This is a random, completely random. And then I know we probably have to go, this is, oh my gosh, this has been so good. Um, I'm also realizing that Rachel, if you're still listening, Rachel Kramer Bustle is a former guest and the editor of Best Women's Erotica, which just came out. Ooh, the new edition is just out. Oh my God. That's amazing. I have to get it. I know. And I'm realizing this is the first year in like three years that I haven't interviewed rachel and some of the writers about the collection because princess and i used to do the feminist erotica podcast and every year we'd have them on and so i realized like oh i really missed rachel um so if you're listening just know that i miss you and maybe we should have i yes we we can talk about it but oh i'm so here for that so i mean so powerful and so good and the theme of this Years anthology is play. So all of the stories are about play in some way. Oh, she's such a talented editor, and the stories are always so
0: good. And I'm very excited to pick it up. So oh my gosh, I would love to have Rachel back on the pod. It's been a long time. Like I know, probably 50 episodes ago, at least. Oh god. <laughs> like it's like oh god. amazing. I would love to see her and talk about Best Women's Erotica and talk about like her editing process and how she's doing and like yeah, her Results. life puzzles that's right she's into puzzles I remember that that's such a great idea yeah well letting go I feel like we're tip of the iceberg with this like this is like I also feel like I would love to talk to someone about letting go in terms of like someone who feels free and like just lets shit go like one of the people that comes to mind is Jane Fonda I don't actually know (laughs) if she actually lets shit go but she just turned 85 and I was listening to her on Glennon Doyle's podcast I know She's amazing. And she's processed a lot of her life. And one of the things that she talked about was that, like, she really became free when she was 62, when she divorced Ted Turner. And that's her third husband. And she was talking about how, like, she just she finally felt like she was embodied in herself. And that the way she did that was she actually studied herself. She studied, like. Like I mean, okay, so it's Jane Fonda. She's very famous. She's the Mm -hmm. daughter of Henry Fonda. There's a lot of, you know, like video footage and things that not the average person who's not Jane Fonda might not have. But if you think back on your life, like what she said was she's like, I started looking at my life and how because she was very broken after the um, divorce Mm -hmm. from Ted Turner. And she was living in like her, you know, daughter's guest bedroom. And she was just like in a low place. And she was like, I realized after looking at my whole life that I'm brave, that I'm really brave. And she's like, I don't think I realized that I was brave until I was in my early 60s. And it just makes me think that like, you know, like letting go can be also part of like us retrospectively looking at our lives and looking how how amazing we are and how we've let other things go in our lives. And like, just like knowing that there's a template that we actually are so much more powerful than we might give ourselves credit for.
1: I love that. Also love Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin. Oh my God. Of course. Yes. And I love this idea of if you let something go, what else can you hold on to? Like, what are you freeing yourself to pick up once you let things go? Yes. Like letting go of this sadness about Ted fucking Turner. Are you kidding me right now? Seriously. You're able to pick up, right. She's able to pick up this new notion of herself.
0: It's so cool. Right. And reinventing herself, yes. like, you know, starting it anew and like, you know, picking up a different narrative and like not sticking with the same thing. Also, Jane Fonda, if you're listening, <laughs> you're welcome any day of the week. <laughs> that would be epic. That would be beyond Well, maybe not as good as as Michelle Obama, but one can dream. We're going to keep dreaming. Keep dreaming. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening. We will see you next week.